Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Motown Philly podcast. I am Tim Golden here with my co-host. What's going on, guys? It's Jason Hall. Jason Hall. Jason Hall. And we also have with us today the lovely Vita Star. And Vita may be joining us in just a second or two. But we are here today with episode 46, y'all. Today we are talking about rhythm and blues or R&B music. We are continuing our excursion into Black Music Month. And last week we did a Father's Day episode. This week we're back to Black Music Month. Again, President Carter started it in 1979. And Jason, myself, and Vita are here to discuss it a little bit today. But before we get into any of that, Jason, tell our Motown Philly family how grateful we are for their support. As always, guys, we are utterly thankful and grateful for you guys tuning in each and every week on Sundays when we download. We are ecstatic that you guys pay attention and understand that when we drop, y'all are listening. So as each week goes by, as Tim and I share our topics with you guys, like tune in, listen, and also share it with others because these topics are exciting to us and they resonate with us and we are learning more and more that they resonate with you guys too so of course if you're new here give us a follow even share or even subscribe to our podcast that is streaming on all podcasting platforms and as tim said we are super grateful for each and every one of you we're growing this community and we're super excited here at the motown philly podcast where we stand for communication connection and community what up though yes indeed what up though folks we are grateful communication connection community that's what we're all about here at the motown philly podcast and we have with us now she's ready to say hello i'm sure the lovely vita star joining us for this conversation vita thank you for coming through again What's up? I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me to join you again. Yes, indeed. As usual, Vita, you add great value to what we do here at Motown Philly. Your sophistication, your intellect, your insight all help us build stronger communication, stronger connection and healthier community. So we are uh, we are very grateful that you're here with us this week. So listen, episode 46, y'all. Two weeks ago, we talked about hip hop, and this week we're going to talk about R&B. We often throw R&B around the shorthand, and I would like to talk about what those two letters stand for, rhythm and blues. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to get the conversation going, and of course, we're going to talk about rhythm and blues music in terms of communication, connection, and community. And, and we can pass it around. And Jason, you are the communications expert, so you can tell us yeah, yeah. what kind of message R&B communicates. Vita, I know like Jason and I, you appreciate connection. And so you can tell us about what kinds of connection 
R&B fosters and then I'll bring up the rear and talk about the kinds of communities that R&B builds. But let's talk about R&B in terms of its literal words here. Rhythm and blues. Now, when I think of blues music, I think of people like the great B.B. King, Muddy Waters, sort of older previous generation music, uh, certainly music that was before any of our times, right? I mean, I think it's safe to say that B.B. King, although we've heard his voice and, and Jason, you're in Memphis, right? Which is a blues city. And so the blues is, is big in Memphis and it's hard to separate the blues part of rhythm and blues from slavery, seeing as so much of the, the sadness of the blues and the deep, rich pathos of the blues emerged from a slave culture in which slaves were really deprived of the basic necessities of life and often had to resort to art, poetry in the form of music to keep themselves from literally going insane. So when I think of blues, I think of Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, right? People who sang the blues and, and blues giants. And then, of course, that filters through to today. And I, I just want to get your perspectives on on rhythm and blues. What do I mean? The rhythm part seems to me to also speak to deep roots in African-American culture because uh, the blues are one part of R&B, but the other part of R&B is rhythm. I heard an old classic hip hop classic the other day. This kind of sort of crosses over from hip hop to R&B and it's Rex in effect. And it was their song. <laughs> What's the name of that song? New Jack Swing. And I heard that the other day and I said, wow, it's impossible for me to listen to that song without at least bobbing my head. Uh, I would try to dance, but I don't want to embarrass myself or end up in the hospital. So anyway, <laughs> rhythm and blues. So what's what are your what are your takes on rhythm and blues? What do you think of when you think of those two words and how do those two words fit the music? Yo, when I think of rhythm and blues, I just think of like as you were talking the whole entire time and I just thought of soul music, like soul music, like to, like music that like hits chords and certain uh, places inside of one's being that has res that resonates. Mm -hmm. um, man, that also flexes over to gospel. Hello, somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that also flexes over to country music. Like, I know this is rhythm and blues, but I just believe that. Uh, and we know, as you well spoke of, when you do, truly do your research in country music, a lot of country music uh, started with black folks singing um, a type of rhythm and blues. And I, th I just think that when you think of rhythm and blues, it touches your heart. It touches your soul. It touches your, your life experience. That's my thought. Vita. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because I was trying to figure out what rhythm and blues was to me 
and it's so it's it's I feel like rhythm and blues is one of those things that's that's so broad because there there's there's pop that's still I would still consider R and B. I think there's R and B that's very much hip hop. You brought up New Jack Swing, which is kind of this R and B style that's very much a mix of hip hop and old school R and B. Um, and then I also think of blues in itself and like this mix of blues and jazz almost. But but there's but I feel like the difference between a lot of blues and jazz that R and B has is that R and B is so much stronger on the vocal performance, right? Like mm. it's really like jazz does have a strong like it is big on vocal perform- performance. But the voice is more of when I, when I think of it, not saying I'm accurate, but I think of it more along the lines of the instrument um, in addition to how you would see the guitar or the piano or the bass. I think I think of scatting in that way. Um, and I think of it and it's very rhythmic, right? I think the, the singing is very rhythmic versus what R&B became, which is like you know, it, 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 it's like we want to hear those vocals. It's like it's like the, the, the gospels underneath that. Um, and it, it's, it's also it could be very sweet sounding. It could be very guttural. It can be it's it, it, there's a range. That's why I say it's very broad with R&B. Right. Um, so for me, I, maybe because I grew up listening to so much R&B as far as versions of it just throughout my life. Um, it's just such a broad thing for me because Marvin, there's like Marvin Gaye, right? But then there's also Destiny's Child or In Vogue, right? Or TLC, right? That's like totally different than what Marvin Gaye sounds like, right? Um, or if you think of like, I'm just saying like, so it's just such a broad idea for me that it's hard for me to really pin down because if you, Jason's brought up soul music, but if you really think about it, soul music wasn't what until really what the sixties. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And R and B started in what the forties. So so it's, there's still this sort of twenty year space of R and B. Uh, from my understanding, and this and this is what I learned. I went to go grab this. Is why I was kind of miss MIA in the beginning. I wanted to grab this book, and I was like, why didn't I grab this book? Um, I have this book called The Death. I'm an upside down. Uh, the death of rhythm and blues by Nelson George. And it's kind of gives you the history of R and B and how it started. And also what kind of killed the industry were black artists and black people. Um, it's a really, really good book. It, and by the death of R and B, he's really talking about how we lost control of the industry as black people. Cause we owned our own industry for a very long time. And um, the growth of the industry was us through the great migration, right? <clears throat> it was the great migration that made it so we could pass music through the Chitlin circuit. Um, it was also how we were able to pass music out of the South, right? Um, this is a really, really good book and I highly recommend it to people um, because it also talks about how um, Harvard University and the record labels uh, conspired to steal the music industry from us because mm-hmm. what happened was blues artists were making all this money, make like tons of money. If you watch um, the Bessie uh, biopic on, I think mm-hmm. it was Showtime or HBO, and uh, played by Queen Latifah, 
did you notice in that she gets really she gets a lot of money and she learns from Ma Rainey. Ma Rainey was um very you know she had a lot of money too. She and by a lot of money I mean these people had their own train cars. So when they went on tour, they had their own train cars that would latch onto a train. And so their band, them and their band would have their own train cars and they could go on tour all throughout the South. And people would save up their money for when they would come to town. So talking about sharecroppers and, you know, farmers and all these people who didn't normally wouldn't have a lot of money. They would somehow save up all their money and be able to go see Bessie or Ma Rainey or whoever come to town and they'd watch these performers. So they were cleaning up on the Chitlin circuit. The record labels couldn't figure out how they were doing that. So they were like, how are these black artists making all this money? Because remember, if very few of them had records and the few that did, they weren't getting making them out the South. They weren't getting too far out the South unless Pullman Porters, which are the, these were the people that worked on the train, the men who worked on the, on the trains uh, during the Great Migration were taking them to specifically black neighborhoods. But again, they're not getting large distribution. That's how they're getting it passed around, right? So these record labels conspired with Harvard University to create a scholarship. For because remember, these these record labels can't just go into these blues clubs and and get the get the info. They can't go into black towns because everything's segregated at this time. And be like, hey, let's let's get let's do this research. So they created a research scholarship, and they got black people to get all excited. Oh, you get you get look. Black people, you going to college? Woohoo! You know how we do. We got excited. We got we got our Negro kids into college. They're going to Harvard. Oh, it's so prestigious. And they got these kids to go to Harvard. Sponsored them to do this research, to go to these blues clubs, find out how they're making all this money, learn how they were getting their money, getting this like how I just explained to you they were getting their money, and they turned that research into Harvard, and they got it to the record labels. And they figured out how to basically steal the industry from us. So the book is called The Death of Rhythm and Blues by Nelson George. Um, highly recommend it. <laughs> Just wanted to give a little bit of R&B history to kind of lay the land. But I learned, but it, but in this, it also talks about the radio industry, um, how music, how even the black radio state, how black radio DJs were discriminated against, how white um, people wanted to profit off of black music. I mean, it's really, really interesting. Wow, that's fascinating. And, you know, it, it makes me think, as you were talking, Vita, it makes me think about how when whenever whites put up a barrier like Jim Crow and say, we don't want to have anything to do with black people, what typically happens is black people say, okay, you don't want to have anything to do with us? Fine. You give us lemons, we'll make lemonade. And so what happens? Black artists like Ma Rainey, Bessie Smith, begin to do well on their own. And now all of a sudden, white people are looking at the success and they're saying, well, how is this possible? Because we just expected them to fold. And it speaks to a certain level of ingenuity and self-determination that exists within the african-american community that enables that level of connection and togetherness throughout the jim crow south to say hey y'all we know we all might be struggling but we got this music 
and it's good for us. And so get your money up, save it up, put your pennies together, and then we can we can we can party together. If we can't do anything else together, we can at least figure out a way to have a good time around some music, around some artistic performance. Exactly. And, and, I, think, and I think that's the that's part of the real delight of of black music generally, right? I mean, we talked a couple weeks ago about hip hop and how good that is, but in terms of in terms of rhythm and blues, you know, you made such a strong point, Vita, because you talked about the vocal aspect, and Jason just touched on so much. Jason, when you talked about soul, and so I want to just I want to just get a little philosophical if I can. I'm thinking about the word rhythm, and I'm thinking about how everybody lives by rhythm. If your heart is arrhythmic, if the rhythm is off, it could be life. It's life threatening. Right. It, I mean, it can kill you. Right. If your rhythm isn't right. And so that's almost a metaphor. What goes on inside your body physically is almost a metaphor for what happens outside. So there's this wonderful in philosophy, we call it a dialectic or a back and forth. There's this wonderful back and forth from the R&B musicians and performers who are giving us what is inside of them and then making that external through the music, which then speaks to what is inside of us. And then the music comes in and we process it and we give it out in terms of parties and feel good dance music or togetherness music mm -hmm. to chill through right togetherness sitting around at the barbecue at the cookout we talked about the cookout last month right playing spades or doing whatever the case may be and jason said something real powerful he said i, I thought about the soul right that part of us that is really unseen but that becomes visible through artistic expression. Like I think of the rhythm of rhythm and blues. I think about James Brown. I think about Aretha Franklin. I think about how the pathos of R&B, I think one of you said, I don't know which one of you said, I think it was you, Jason, that it, it overlaps with gospel, right? I mean, you got the godfather of soul, James Brown, the queen of soul, Aretha Franklin, and Aretha Franklin was a gospel singer, right? Who grew up in the church. And Aretha Franklin is from where, Jay? I believe she's from the D. She's from the D. Yeah, Aretha that. Franklin's from Detroit. So it's just a beautiful thing to see the artistic expression of R&B and, and the way that it, it, just, it just comes from inside. It comes from inside, it comes outside, it goes inside and comes back outside. And then it's just this continuous exchange back and forth and forth and back. And I think it makes for a wonderful genre of music that really is, will never die, <laughs> right? True, true. Yeah. I, I have a question though. I want to ask this question because I think Vita touched on it and and this is for us to maybe tease out as much as we can mm -hmm. uh, just for understanding and to you know to go maybe a little bit in the in a deeper direction uh vita you mentioned like there was rhythm and blues or there was soul before there was rhythm and blues help me understand that time period if if in fact you did say that Wait, but i just want to <clears throat> understand what was the question did you say that rhythm and did you say that rhythm and blues mm -hmm 
came before soul music or did yeah. soul music come before rhythm and blues and here's the other question if they are like i my thing was like i thought they were the same so my question is what is their distinct differences and how what is how does that manifest like what is a soul song versus what is a what is a rhythm and blues song with souls let me let you answer the question like so soul music from what i understand is more more like 50s 60s that kind of came out of like protest music like civil rights movement um so like aretha franklin singing like you better think you know or like it was more like that era um and i think that's where the term kind of originated because everything was about you know that the terminology around being soulful um and soul music came out of you know say it loud I'm black and I'm proud. Like that was, it was more civil rights era type music. Um, and it was a combination of R and B and gospel sort of like in a, um, sense that it was more about, I guess people, I guess, how do I say it? More like, um, uh, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? um, yeah, I guess that's it. Like it was more like kind of how we would look at Negro spirituals as being sort of the signal, like the, here's the directions to freedom kind of thing. Uh, whereas R and B music, from what I understand, started off was was jump was coming out of the blues was like adding more jazz to it, adding more um, even more rhythm to it, um, and it was that was started in the forties. So soul music and the terminology around that was 50s, 60s, from what I understand. Now, if there's a musical musicologist around here that you can correct me on that, please feel free send us an email. <laughs> but from yeah. what I understand, get, us, get at us in the Facebook in the Facebook, yeah, Facebook. group. Talk yeah, there we us. go. There's in the Motown Philly Facebook group. But from what I understand, soul music was more 50s, 60s. R and B is more 1940s. Um, and leading into the fifties, R&B started more yeah. in the fifties. I mean, forties. Gotcha. I, I am certainly no musicologist, but just to add to the list of of what Vita described as protest protest music, I, I'm thinking about Nina Simone and her singing the song uh, uh, became an anthem of the March on Washington. Uh, what it feels like to be free. Uh, she, I, I'm butchering the title. I'm sure. I think it's just called Free. And it's a beautiful song where she plays a piano solo and she sings along with it. So Nina Simone sort of became a part of the movement. And I think it would be a mistake, right, to talk about rhythm and blues apart from politics. Because you add in not only Nina Simone, but you add Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions, who were from Chicago, I believe. And the music of Curtis Mayfield Nina Simone, Aretha Franklin, you have this admixture of gospel. And it really is about, it's not so much about the church as an institution. It's about the pathos, right? And it's about the origins of the music, where it comes from and how the music is used in, in a protest form to build community among people and to communicate a message of resistance, not unlike what Public Enemy did with their album, Fear of a Black Planet, Planet, or It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. 
it's just another those those hip hop albums are just another iteration of the political dimensions of black music that have been used in the struggle for justice here in the United States. So I, I think all of that has to be taken into consideration when we talk about R&B and we haven't even really touched on. I mean, James Brown had his own political thing going too, right? James Brown, he was not, he wasn't the most articulate, but that's part of what made him so powerful. Vita, you used the word guttural earlier to describe certain aspects of R&B. And there was nobody who was a master of sort of unintelligible guttural sounds than James Brown, right? He would scream, he would shout. And I remember one time somebody asked him, you know, what you, and this is just a, a white person, right? This curiosity of white people. What, what are you doing? And, he, you know, he said as only he could in his South Carolina accent, he said, sometimes life just be that way. Sometimes life just make you want to scream. I don't know when I'm going to scream in music, but what I do know is that my aunt screamed when my uncle ain't come back home no more and they found him hanging from a tree. Mm. Right? So you get the mm. life and the music that merges together and it's really not just music. It's an expression of an experience. Right? It's yeah, a yeah. real experience that really cannot be reduplicated. You know, I think about some I think about uh, artistic genius and there's a philosopher who says you know you can't ask Van Gogh how he painted Starry Night he can't tell you that but if I worked out a complicated math problem I could explain that to you step by step right and the, the point is that artistic genius it really can't be reduplicated nobody could reduplicate uh, the the guttural <laughs> sounds of a James Brown or the unutterable moans of Nina Simone or Bessie Smith or the scatting, which is also, I think, a manifestation of something poetic going on. So I think there's just so much in here. And another thing we haven't talked about, we haven't talked about love ballads, right, which are part of R&B, which well, I wanted to actually talk about that, actually, because um, I was when we talk about blues music, I was going to say that part. We're talking about community is also we're talking about like the we're talking about earlier about the blues clubs and things like that. It was also a place to talk about that pain and feel related to. Right. Mm -hmm. To have that mm -hmm. space where somebody's talking about my wife left, my man left, my man, but my man won't marry me or, you know, I don't want to marry him. He's he doing this to me. In, in, in fact, some songs are so darn right, like uh, uh, downright just descriptive of abusive relationships, right? Or uh, I lost all my money or whatever. Like it was, you're talking about, I mean, they would get deep with it. And I feel like R&B continues that tradition even still till this day. I mean, Absolutely. Even I mean even so, I mean even artists that people even traditionally would say they're solely pop. I, that's why I say there's R and B that's pop. In fact, I would even say R and B is a genre of pop music. Um, mm. But like even those artists have songs that you're like, oh wow, you're actually hitting on things like domestic violence, right? Or you're hitting on things like sexual assault. You're hitting on things that we experience but even in love right the pain that comes with love the pain that i don't even want to be in love with this fool and here i am right yeah. or yeah. i've never felt like this before or um silly of me to think that i 
could ever have you for my guy, <laughs> right? Um, Williams. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, or it's it's just these feelings that you know sometimes you can't describe. I mean, sometimes it's like whenever I would fall in love or even fall in like and just thought I was in love, I would create yep, a playlist. Yep. Remember the mixtapes? You know, you yep. start recording okay. songs on the All radio, the and then All yeah, the I'm that old. <laughs> for that for that person, for that right? Person. Like for like every time a, while you thinking about it. Yeah. Every time a song will come on, you thinking about that person, you gotta hit record on the radio, right? You gotta record that song. Um and now I mean even till this day, like I still do that on Spotify, I got a little playlist, right? Um it's 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 all we've always had that, like this space of being able to um relate, to connect. Whether it's uh, sad love songs, whether it's happy love songs, whether it's confusion. I mean, I, I have my, not too long ago, I have my own little confusing, confusing little love triangle situation. I guess what? They got R&B songs for that. They got an R&B song for any situation you going through in a relationship or not having some shit. I'm sad I'm single. Whatever. <laughs> there's, a, there's a song for that. <laughs> You don't even. That's what I was gonna say, Vita. You don't even have to be in no love mess. You don't have to be in no relationship. You don't have to be liking nobody, crushing on nobody, whatever. There's an R and B song that speaks to not having nobody to crush on or not having <laughs> nobody to love on. Right? They got it all out there. Listen, let me tell y'all the timeless music of like when you when when I hear Luther Vandross say. When I climb the stair, turn the key, oh, please be there, saying that you're still in love with me. A house is not a home. Man, the a lyrics, when you, a- when you listen to the lyrics, it's just like, my goodness, I ain't even got a girlfriend and I'm over here crying, saying, baby, please be there when I get home. And I don't even live with nobody, right? In- but it's that's true. Yeah, yeah, Go. I'm sorry, go ahead, Vita. I was gonna say sometimes the lyrics hit before you you've even had the chance to have the experience. Like I remember experience. being in listen, Lauren Hill's album, uh, the miseducation yes. of Lauren Hill Legendary. came out while I was transitioning from eighth grade to ninth grade. I ain't had no boyfriend ever at that point. I ain't even held a boy's hand. But when that hidden. song X Factor came out, I was beside myself. I it, it didn't. I had never experienced that type of. And what's crazy is I later in my life I did experience that type of love, that horrible toxic give relationship. Us, Vita, give us some bars. Give us some <laughs> bars. How was what is X Factor? Let the people know. They might not. I know. keep letting you back in. How can I no. explain myself? <laughs> That's what, like. <laughs> you know, but you know what's like, wild. Here's here's what's wild, and it can be. It can be. Sometimes if you're a person like me who is a sucker for imagination, like imagination is my greatest blessing and my greatest curse. I can listen to a song without the experience, right? And this can be dangerous if you're not careful. You can, excuse me, you can project your imagination through the lyrics of a song and you can... You can build your wannabe love life around music. In other words, you try to construct your music as the foundation 
to drive what your experience will look like but that's backwards the music does not create the experience the experience creates the music absolutely right but here's the thing especially especially in like soulful music and this r&b like whether it's in in hip-hop too like like hip-hop has made let's just be honest hip-hop has made any any and even r&b has made people who weren't into people who could or try to be you think of john moran like everybody's like he's not a thug he's like what is he doing like people kind of walk like you're talking about they walk out certain things that they hear or they imagine out and and a lot of times that imagination changes into some form of real life substance because of uh what we often listen to but as i was saying from the beginning like r&b speaks to the soul and it and in certain ways it manipulates the soul and and to to cause us to feel different things and sometimes act out different things as well um r&b is powerful music is powerful but r&b specifically that fusion between rhythm and blues i think the the connection between those things and the transition what you were talking about from from the beginning Vito was like it's the soul that's in the middle the soul never left it and it and it transitions through each amalgamation if you will or evolution of how, what where music began with us in this country and if we can take it back even farther but just here how it just transitions and when it pertains to black and brown people the soul always follows every every part of the expression of music and it communicates to us to a point to a point where we are we are significant we can be significantly and profoundly impacted where whether we're just remembering something because of an experience or it allows us like tim was saying to start imagining or visioning something that hadn't even take took in place yet that we're just like yo um this is that's a real that's a real experience well i i do think that something that i I think you're right but i also feel like it's important to consider sometimes we can have a a song or maybe a few songs can have certain concepts in them that we do um maybe say think maybe this is how i should behave in relationship because i've heard, heard this in songs so much right but sometimes you can hear things in songs that sound good in a song, just like you see things on TV that look good on TV, or they sound good as a line on a TV show, and you try to play that out in real life, and it don't work the same, right? Yeah. So sometimes you can hear in a song, you, I, I, I don't, I'm not putting up with this, and I'm gonna just, you know, snap my fingers and I'm gonna act like this, and you get into a real relationship, and it don't work like that. First mm-hmm. of all, everybody's real tough, right? Nowadays, everybody's all tough and they ain't putting up with this and I'm I'm this and I'm that. But in real life, you get in a relationship and you off. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you melting, you know? Or, you know, so so I think sometimes people say a lot of things in music or they feel like um it's or they feel like um you know, they can act out or, or or there's this belief that people are acting out what they hear in the music as far as relationships go. I don't know if it necessarily plays out the same way only because I think there's so many factors that go into how people behave in relationships that go beyond just what they're going to hear in a song. Cause I think, and I think that 
No, I think you're saying I, you're right. You're totally right. Not to not to interrupt, but to interject is it's the point not of to knowing interrupt, but that. To interject, that's the same thing. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't tell, don't tell our listeners. But the point, because I want to. What you're saying is so impactful. The point is this: like, there's art. Like we can't, even though music can be so profound, there's still a, a, a heavy element of artistry, right? Creativity and artistry, and I think that that is a part whether you're listening to to to. Uh, to NWA, like you just you can only take it so far. Like there's an art and there's an interpretation. Like as as you listen to music <laughs> then or even now, like yo, we can't even what we're listening to. We have to understand that the creator is taking some type of some type of artistic liberties, and you we can't just be walking with stuff and what you know and be like, well, that's what they did. We about to live the same way, mm-hmm. nah, bro. He's selling. Yeah, you forgot right. he's he's an artist and he's selling right. records. And this so, is a story, um, right? Right. So, uh, but the, but but even when we talked about the the same way we talked about this in the hip hop discussion, though, right? Mm-hmm. There are certain things that you're going to have access to and not have access to. So the issue isn't that I listen to this song and now I'm going to become a drug dealer. <laughs> You have to have access to the drugs to become a drug dealer. You have to be access to that world. You have to be able to operate within that world, right? No drug is going to be like, hey, kid, come sell some drugs for me. It doesn't work like that. Like, like that's what it looks like when you watch television or when you hear a song, right? Like, I remember, remember all the ads growing up and it would be like <clears throat> some uh, weird guy in a trench coat in a corner saying, pss, pss, hey, kid, here's some weed. Try this weed. And then it's like, no, I was told in class, just say no to drugs. You know, I've never in my life had some weird guy in a trench coat just offer me free drugs. That's never happened. Right. Um, but never. <laughs> but that's that's a story. Right. Because um, in order to for these things to happen, you have to have access to be in certain spaces. That's just how that works. And those are just meaning that there's other factors involved in order for you to become a drug dealer. It's not just listening to drug music, right? It's not just listening to T.I. or whoever. Right. The, I don't know who the new kids are. But <laughs> you tell I'm old to listen to T.I. Right. But um, when same, but also the same thing with R&B, right? So when we're listening to R&B music, it's, you can't, it's, it's not going to play out the same way. Yeah, you might try to imitate that stuff, but there's always certain things you're going to have access to. By access, I mean certain conditioning that you've already had, how you were brought up, your attachment style, right? By attachment style, I mean, do you have an avoidant attachment? Do you have a secure attachment? Do you have a, a anxious attachment, right? Oh, These are styles of which that, based on how you were brought up, the ways that you connect with people, right? Um, there are so many different ways that are and, and th- things that impacted you that are going to impact how you. So you might listen to a song talking about being all tough and I ain't putting up with this and that and the other, but you were pretty much raised in, a, a, in an environment that has you as uh, become a more of a codependent person, and now you're in a healthy relationships because you don't know how you don't understand boundaries. It sounded good in the song, and you might even re- feel like you want to be that person, but in reality, you don't have those boundaries, right? Um, in reality, you're not that person. You want to feel like that person, just like you might want to feel like that drug dealer. Like I want to feel like I'm a badass when I'm rolling down the freeway and I'm Rick Ross. Right. But <laughs> that's not the reality of the situation. So I'm just saying, the same we talked about it in hip hop. I think that applies in this conversation as well. What, who are mm. we really based off of what we have access to, who we've been conditioned to be the spaces that we're in the environment that we were cultivated in. Yeah, and I think what Vita is saying is something really powerful because here's the thing. Life is not supposed to imitate art. 
art, art mm-hmm. is supposed to imitate life, right? Meaning that music, again, the music comes from an experience. The music does not create the experience. And I think sometimes, at least for me, at least, I've had that problem with envisioning myself, right, as being, you know, you take a love ballad and I, on the other side, I'm going to be real vulnerable. So let me, you know what, I'm going I'm to open myself up and become vulnerable on the other side. <laughs> so we're going to take a brief break. And on the other side of this break, y'all, we're going to come back and I'm going to drop some, I'm going to drop some of my favorite R&B lyrics on y'all and y'all let me know what y'all think. All right, y'all, welcome back to episode 46 of the Motown Philly podcast. Tim Golden here with my co-hosts, the lovely Vita Starr and the wise sage of communicative principles, Jason Hall. We're here representing yeah. Philly, LA, and Detroit. So listen, all right, let me just drop these lyrics on y'all. Well, well, just before the break, I was trying to make the point that for me, I had a habit. Like when I was growing up, listening, to, I, like I used to listen to Switch, a lot of Switch. And for those of y'all who are, who are old enough, who are in our Motown Philly listening audience, Switch was DeBarge before DeBarge became DeBarge, right? Before DeBarge Never knew that. broke off on you their own. You didn't know that, Jason? Oh, Even I knew man. that. No. I thought, Jay, I'm about I thought to, he was talking about Switch, switch Foot. Boy, I'm about <laughs> to take your Detroit music uh, car. I'm about yeah. to take your Motown car. I was car. about to say, that's your hometown. You got to know DeBarge. <laughs> Or switch before they were DeBarge. The, no, no, no. I know DeBarge, L. DeBarge, and them. You gotta watch I I, the unsung episode of. You gotta watch their unsung episode. Trigger warning, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we we gotta tag several shows. We gotta tra- tag Ma Rainey in the in the show notes. We gotta tag. We gotta, we gotta we gotta put the link to that book that Vita talked about, the death of rhythm yes. and blues. It's also available on audiobook and uh, ebook. So yes. So like I would listen not to Switch as advertisement, y'all. Like I would listen to Switch when I was in at the time I was in like fourth grade. I had a crush on this girl named Tammy Partlow, right? <laughs> and it, the only the only relationship that's curious. Yeah, that's yeah curious. listen, man. We want to we want to talk about some background. I, was in the, I told y'all I was going to open up and be vulnerable, right? I, yeah, I never had go there. Never had no relationship with this girl that existed outside of my head. Like, outside of my head Each as a little day boy. through my window, I watch uh, her as she passes by. Exactly. Just song was written. Yeah. That song. You know what? That song is about the problem that we're talking about, right? The, that's that's our, why I sang it. Exactly. <laughs> So I listen to Switch and I'd be like, they'll never be, you know, uh, another love like you. And I'm nine years old. Right. I just overcome my speech impediment. You know, I was ready to take over the world at nine years old. I could talk at the dinner table without stuttering. You know, that was my biggest achievement. Uh, But anyway. Yeah. and And then I realized when I went to talk to her that something was off. And it's like she wasn't as enthusiastic as I was. 
and it took me took me a little while to figure it out and i was like well maybe it's because the only thing the only thing that you're doing is thinking about it based on this song and like vita talked about the song i used to rush home because i i would think that they would play it at a certain time of day or right after dinner and I used to be like, Ma, could I be excused? And I run upstairs and I turn on WDAS and I'd be like, one night I ran up there, they had just started playing it. Uh, he was like, this is Switch, they'll never be. I was like, oh man. And I was just <laughs> in my head and just float away, man. But anyhow, I like to think that I've evolved a little bit since the age of nine, but I still, this song to this day, and it's, it's a bad song. Uh, love, the lyrics are, love once left me cold and gray. I had almost reached heaven just to feel it slip away. Life's too short to waste away, being scared to take chances. So I heard wise men say, I wanna be love, faithful and true. I wanna be love 10 billion lifetimes with you. I want to be loved, and after all I've been through, I let my heart take a chance just to be loved by you. Man, Eric Benet, I want to be loved. That's one of my favorite songs. Uh, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I like to think I've, I've come to a place in my life where I'm not as much of a slave to my imagination as I used to be. I sort of, you know, you learn to, you, know, you quickly realize in adult life that, wait a minute, it don't always work out like the song. And furthermore, if if all you doing is into the song, your remarks to the person who you like are going to be way out of context. And what is otherwise beautiful when there's mutual interest becomes creepy as hell when it's yeah. <laughs> so that's my little that's my little journey through vulnerability from from childhood to adulthood but the lyrics and the poetry of r&b is is really powerful i think we should all kind of share I, i'm volunteering all like only two left in this is vita and myself vita you don't have any like any lyrics or any songs that was attached that are similar to what chick or tim just just shared with us as far as like i got one and maybe if you think if you hadn't thought about one um so i i don't have an elaborate story i don't want <laughs> i don't want to be as vulnerable as chick <laughs> and and chick we we appreciate that man we appreciate your vulnerability but i just know that um there was uh, you guys know whitney houston and uh We'll always love you. So anyway, if y'all if y'all vibe with me, y'all know Martin. Martin on the Martin show, he had a scene where he was where he sang this song with Gina when he broke up with her or whatever. And he like, you know, he if you Martin in true Martin Lawrence fashion, he just kind of broke out in this song and singing that uh, Whitney Houston song just being you know just being very martin like and just being over exaggerating in this in 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 his ways about wanting gina back if y'all can picture martin because he especially at that time very very exaggerating in all of his actions and i had a real life experience with that particular song and it was a breakup song and that person sent me the video 
of that of 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 Whitney Houston and if you're if you're familiar with that song I think it came from the movie Body the Bodyguard is that mm-hmm. right John? Yeah, the yes. Bodyguard. Yeah. And the song didn't hit like so I I was cool with the song but in that moment I was no longer cool with the song because this person was breaking up with me and they were <laughs> And they were telling me that they were always love me. So <laughs> I was feeling very conflicted and upset because of the words of the song were saying, I will always love you, but you're breaking up with me. And those things were counterintuitive to what was actually I was actually feeling. Mm. So from literally from that day on, even till now, <laughs> I don't vibe with that song, I will always love you, because I was experiencing a breakup while listening to I will this is an act of love and I will all get that. I didn't want to yo, I'm done with that song uh, forever. So that's my experience with lyrics. But that's what the song is song. about. it's a breakup song that's you're right but the feelings this is the soul part of (laughs) of of the of the r&b like my soul wasn't feeling out if you always love why we breaking up then why we break like we we gotta break up then i know but she's hoping that life will treat you kind (laughs) nah life is kind when i'm with you you get (laughs) all that you dreamed of but (laughs) <laughs> I wish wasn't, you joy and happiness, that. but basically, my soul th- wasn't feeling it. that. I'm sorry. No, joy and happiness was with you. <laughs> that was my whole thing. Like, if you wish me well, I'm supposed to be with. See, you know, so I was just, I was done with. I'm still done. You know, it's so funny. Um, I, I've, I know that my first time hearing that song was Whitney singing it. Right, and, and most people know by now it's a Dolly Parton song. And never knew that. Thanks. How did you? What do you know, Jason? You didn't know Switch was the Yo, original name of the bars. You don't know that's a Dolly listen, Parton song. Because it's two. Just because it's two. I, maybe I, I'm being vulnerable. Listen, all of our you listeners are not video are, or something. What in the world? Um, maybe I appreciate that. I will do that. <laughs> no, we'll I put just that watch, in the show. Notes I watch too. a bazillion music documentaries. Well, I, I knew that, but that song took my my mother told me when I was a child. So I just happened to know that. But um, I actually watched a. a a country music documentary and a Dolly Parton documentary before so I knew that in particular um, but that song when she wrote it she was actually breaking up with her record label with her original group uh, guy that she was working with and um, Ooh, Dolly or Whitney? Dolly Parton she wrote the song okay and she sang it she was actually was a big hit when she sang it and Whitney Houston covered it for the movie and actually that, that actually brings something else I want to talk about we want to talk about it right now but just R&B covers of songs and how they're better. <laughs> Luther has a ton of covers um, that he made better. He covered like the Carpenters and like all these songs mm-hmm. that are like I didn't even know well, were covered until later. Yeah, so amazing was a cover. And yeah, that, that when it's superstar. Said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and a house is not a home. I mean, people don't forget Luther Vandross sang backup for Dion Warwick for years before and he it, came zone. I remember uh when Disney um Disney would have like R&B versions of their big Disney songs. Remember a whole new world from Aladdin. Mm-hmm. You know, they had I forgot who I'm trying to think of who sang that um 
was it Peebo Bryson? Peebo Bryson, yeah. Yep, Peebo yeah. Bryson. And, and Regina Bell, right? Um, and yeah. that, I mean, they killed that too. That was fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, uh, for my story, I don't think I have any like songs that were like really break up like that. But okay, so when I was in eighth grade, no, seventh grade, I think I was in seventh, seventh or eighth grade, there was this guy I had the biggest crush on, Jonathan Prebot. And he was so fine Pre-Vot? to me in seventh grade. Pre-Vot? Jonathan Prebot, that was his name. Why are you making that face? His name can't be Pre. You don't like the, that last name, Prevot. I want to talk about Tim's Tammy Partlow and 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 this this. Listen, let me tell you, I was traumatized by Tammy Partlow because my brothers found a love letter that I wrote to her, and they read it out loud, and they completely ravished me and made fun of me. Oh, I mean, they made fun of me in some real deep personal ways and i yeah i had to i had to deal with that that was rough uh sorry that sucks that really sucks big time you know it means peter you've talked about superheroes emerging out of your trauma and your pain i think every poem i wrote for a girl from that point on i was so afraid of somebody finding it i didn't write it down i just committed it to memory and so talk about memory that's why and my recollection so i think that's part in part that's, oh. that's what, right i can that's see that because if i if i'm carrying it around up here in my head ain't nobody ever gonna it. find it and can't nobody ever make fun of me so that's if a, I know wow. it, then i know it yeah and if y'all know tim his memory is incredible which is no why lie. he's a, yeah, it's an just actor crazy. so that's great <laughs> you can memorize scripts mm-hmm. my memory is terrible I don't say terrible. I have a great long term memory, not the best short term. But um, so you were you were making a point. Yeah, you were telling. Oh yeah, Jonathan Prevost. Yeah, so so Jonathan Prevost, this guy, had the biggest crush on, and I really liked him. But we were friends, and um, I had this other really good friend who was like one of my best friends at the time. You know how it is in middle school. Uh, you know, my best friend at that time. <laughs> she, her name was Melanie. And um, she was real cool, you know. But it turned out Jonathan liked Melanie and didn't like me. Not like mm. that. At least not at that time. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you like Melanie. He's like, yeah, you know, can you hook yeah. us up? And oh. I was like, yeah, yeah. Wow. That is and I was like, sure. Wait, wait, wait. He knew that you liked him? No, he didn't just know. liked him in your head? I was, oh, God, no, he didn't know. I would never tell a guy I liked him. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so yeah. I essentially hooked him up, you know. And she didn't really like him that much, but I would try to encourage her. Um, and I would try, you know, and then when they would have their little falling outs, you know, middle school falling outs, I would often try to, like, encourage them to fix it. You know, because they're, they're both my friends, so I wanted them to be happy, even though I liked them. Um, and I would try to, like, I know, I know. And I would try to encourage him, like, do something nice for her. She would really like that, you know. And I would tell her, you know, do something nice for him, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so the song that makes I'm me think to- of it, so at the time, the song that made me think of them, because the song like this song that came out right around that same time 
was mm-hmm. a song by Usher. Usher had just came out. Um, at least what we knew of him. Apparently, he came out when he was twelve, but nobody paid attention to him then. But um, <laughs> when his second album came out, when people actually paid him attention, was that he had a song called "You Make Me Wanna." And the, leave the, the one you with. with. You make you make oh, me wanna oh, leave I the one a, I'm I with. Gotta, start a new relationship with you. This is what you do, right? So, but if you know anything about the song, um, yeah. he's basically saying. <laughs> Before anything came between us, you were like my best friend. So basically, I was so <laughs> I think of it like he's the guy, and, like he's Jonathan Prevot, and I imagine him singing the song to me, the girl, the best friend, um, being in love with him. So here's the lyrics for people who don't remember the song. Uh, before anything came, uh, before anything began between us, you were like my best friend, the one I used to run and talk to when me and my girl were having problems. You used to say it would be okay, suggest the nice things I should do, and then I go home at night and lay my head down. All I seemed to think about was you. And then he would go into you make me want to leave the one I'm with and start a new relationship with you. This is what you do. <laughs> think about mm-hmm. her and you and all. You started <laughs> right. Think about her. Was it? It's hard to do without singing it. Um, just sing it, just sing it. <laughs> and after you finish, I got a story that goes to along to the exact Which song. <laughs> That's why I'm over here hurting. If y'all can see <laughs> me, um, I don't. Now the, here's the here's the part. Now there's a bridge when he goes. Um, uh, now what's bad is you're the one that hooked us up, knowing it should have been you. And what's sad is that I love her. But I'm falling for you. So what should I do? Should I tell my baby bye bye, or should I do exactly what I feel inside? Because I don't want to go. Don't need to say, but I really need to get it together. So I would just imagine him singing that song to me all the time. And then one day they broke up. The girl I was friends with actually left the school and moved away. And then Jonathan Prevot invited me to meet him behind the bungalows so we could kiss. And then I freaked out and didn't meet him. I stood him up and he never talked to me again. <laughs> Vita. 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 <laughs> what a story. Oh, I, was so I was scared. I was a good little church girl. So the idea of meeting a guy behind the bungalows to kiss. And I, I think we were in eighth What's grade. What's a bungalow? Seventh or eighth grade. And I swear, I was terrified. I was that whole. I never kissed a boy before. What's a bungalow? What's a what's a, what's hiding? What's a bungalow? Oh, a bungalow. That's where we had our classes. So it's like a trailer. So at our my okay. school at the time, uh, I, and I'm, I'm from the hood. So <laughs> uh, our schools, so we didn't, there weren't enough classrooms. So at this particular school, we were kindergarten through eighth grade. So they were, I guess they had some point added seventh and eighth grade to the school. So the seventh and eighth graders didn't have classes in the regular buildings. They had these extra trailers of bungalows um, where we had our classes. So we put some meat behind one of those bungalows um, and a kiss. And I, I stood him up. And so I, Jonathan was pissed. He was so mad at me. I'm sure he was. Can can I briefly tell him a story since you brought up that song out of all the songs in the whole <laughs> wide world? Can I tell my song? It's just short. I tell him, give me Bruh, give me some grace you on ain't this. Gotta let ask me, my permission. Let, let me just let me let listen. I'm waiting with bated breath to hear this story. Go ahead. 
listen i'm not trying to hold it long because those who are listening they might know this person because it, it comes in a certain period of my life let me just say i was in college and for those of y'all listening who might know whoever whatever the point is my girl who i thought was my forever girl at the time she was uh we were doing pretty good like we would like we sparked off and we were we were to the moon and I, I just said, yo, this, this is, this is, this is cemented and this is going to last forever, <laughs> ever, ever. And, you know, we, so we were going and we would do, you know, time was going, it wasn't even a long time. It was probably like, th- if you know me, like th- it was like three months. And then it was just like, it got to a point where, I don't know, maybe there was like a little turbulence in the relationship. And then one time I went to go visit her at her place, her apartment, it's in college at this time. Um, and, uh, she was cooking and I was in the, uh, she, I came to the kitchen, gave her a hug, a little smooch or whatever. And then I kind of retired to the, to the dining room and was watching TV while she was in the kitchen getting food or whatever. And she started singing this song, the same song. <laughs> now the same song, this Usher song, I want to lead and want to win and start a new relationship with you. And, and I was bopping. I was in the, I was in the, in the dining room, like, because it was on. It wasn't just in her head. And I was like, need and one. And I was kind of, you know, my eyebrows weren't totally furrowed, but I was just like, okay, whatever. This is, this song was jamming on the one. And I was just like, but y'all know that she was, and she put that mug on. It was, it was playing from a CD at that time. She put that mug on repeat. Yeah, didn't think nothing of them, just jamming away. Can I tell you about a week later that chick broke up with me? Broke <laughs> my freaking heart. Just and, it, and and here's the thing: the person who she was friends with that person, and I knew that person. And it was listen, oh. listen, 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 mm. listen. She was just singing the song, and I don't know if she knew ahead of time. I like to give her the benefit of the doubt, but we just talked about. Like these songs can can manipulate the soul and the heart. I was just about and to say like, that's why you have that stance. <laughs> no man, listen, listen, listen. I'm this telling explains you. that perspective. <laughs> Yo, my, exactly. Girl, you laughing biased. with a guttural laugh. Ain't you? You've been on the you've been on the receiving end of some inverted love song. All right, Bruh. I got I got a Bruh. story I got to share. I was in college, right? I was a senior. Man, I had a thing for this girl. I took her. I took her out to go see Patti LaBelle at the Academy of Music. I borrowed my sister's Nissan 300ZX sports car. Okay, that joint was. It was. It was blue. And no, no, it was it was candy apple red, and it was a three hundred ZX. I was taking my last few credits on campus, right? And I was taking my last few credits. I was off campus because I was doing an internship. I was a criminal justice major. I was working with different parts of the criminal justice system throughout the whole semester, and I was graduating in May. And I took her out in March. And when we were driving back, I was playing Babyface. When will I see you again? Right? That was my way of like, you know, trying to drop a little hint. Like, hey, girl, what up? And I took her. I walked her into the dorm where she was staying. 
And man, don't you know, she went upstairs to the door and she, when she got there, there was a dude in the lobby who was waiting on her. So, but I, I ain't really know. And I could tell she was getting nervous. She was like, uh, all right, all right, all right chick. Um, I, sorry, I, I gotta go. And she got on the elevator and went upstairs with the dude, right? So I asked the, the person working the desk, I said, can I, can I just sign in real quick? So I signed in, I went upstairs and I got off where I picked her up at her dorm room. And I'm hearing the moaning and the groaning on the other side of the door. And in my head, I was thinking, baby face, when can I see you again? Man, I tell you what, I got back on that elevator. I got, I went down to the car. I drove home. And when I got home, man, I just looked and it was just tears coming down my face. You talk about a heartbreak to this day. When I hear baby face, when can I see you again? I'm like, man, hey, man don't bro. bring that back to me. Don't bring that back to me. So you know, that is see how terrible. Music does? Y'all yeah. see what music does? Yeah. Man? Yeah. And how it's played. Like you see also the memories that are attached to these songs. Yeah. Like music, like R&B music, soul music is so powerful. Yeah. It's so it's just so yeah. powerful. And, and it was it was a that was a that was a tough one. So when I hear baby face, when can I see you again? I think about that. Uh, about that moment. That's, that's so sad. I mean, that's so it sad. Was sad though, I mean, it, I, I guess because it just, it makes me think of like so not, many. Right. And yeah, and yeah, it's just, it's, it was like something out of a movie. Right? Yeah, I, I was about to say, I just think of so many movies or like TV shows. When I, when I, and my sister was like, so Tim, how was it? I was like, oh, it was great. I mean, Patty LaBelle, right? Patty LaBelle gave, gives a great show, right? She's a great entertainer. The show was good. We went to dinner. That's right. I didn't just take it and go see Patty LaBelle. We went to dinner first to this swanky restaurant on City Line Avenue. My Philly Motown Philly Motown Philly fam know what I'm talking about. I took her. That chick ain't right, though, bro. She ain't right. Man, listen, I took her to this spot on City Line Avenue back back in the day at that time. It was called the Adams Mark Hotel, and the restaurant was called The Marker. Man, you sat at The Marker. You had a view of the city, man, the downtown Philly, everything. But hey, it's like you chalk it up to experience, and you keep moving. And I, I saw her. You know, in those days, you couldn't. It was it. In those days, I guess it was kind of easy to ghost people because you just didn't call. Them. You know, there was no cell phone, cell phones. There was no social media or whatever. But it was all good. It was a heartbreak. Got over it. Kept it pushing. Keep moving. Listen, y'all. I got I got questions because we've been Vita. Did you wanna did you wanna make a point? I'm sorry. No, I was just thinking of other songs because you guys got two songs. I didn't tell you if I had another story. <laughs> but it's okay. I, I don't have one. You're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So and it, you know, just for the record, it wasn't that I wanted to be physical with her and be on the other side of the door doing what old boy was doing but i guess for me it was the complete nut roll because he didn't take her nowhere he didn't spend no money on her and he was doing things that i wasn't even close to doing but it's all good 
because life goes That's on. Said, she was wrong, bro. She was wrong. She hey, knew baby. exactly what the night was going was going to happen. Yeah, that was that was that was wild. So listen, I gotta I gotta ask. We got to transition here. I gotta ask y'all some questions. So what is up with R and B groups? Soloists, male, female, duets. Who's your favorite? I don't think we could talk about R&B without talking about Prince, even though Prince is sort of pop and like Michael Jackson became pop. And there were probably a few others. I, where do we even begin to talk well, question. about these artists? Yeah, do go ahead. bands count as groups? Are we, are we separating bands and groups? That's a good question. I I would say I would say a band could count as a group. I mean, if you want to be more nuanced, then I guess you could say I, I kind of want to separate though, because I like okay, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put like New Edition in the same category as Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know what I mean? Right there, you go. There you go. No, I feel you. I feel you. So yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire would be a band. New Edition would be a group. Man, I can't even begin to say. I, I was always a fan of Babyface until that. I'm still a fan of Babyface. Uh, let me see. <laughs> Babyface, despite that experience. <laughs> Babyface, Luther, who else? My goodness. And this is like my Mount Rushmore, right? Babyface, Luther. Who is a, who is a man? Sade. Okay. I think like, this is too hard. That's too hard. Um, we got to break it down. I'm well, sorry. Yeah. This is too much. Yeah. Because even yeah. listening to you is, is giving me anxiety. So, yeah. right. Yeah. Let's let's do this. Let's go with writers. Because I would. Because Babyface isn't the greatest vocalist. Like if, if you put Babyface in the category with Luther, I think those are two different categories, well, right? Because Luther's a vocalist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Luther's a singer. Babyface is sure. not a vocalist. He can sing okay. Oh. But he's not a yeah. vocalist, right? right? He's a he, he that but that man can write his ass off. He's a he can write, produce he, his ass uh, off, right? That's, um. That's, so let's let's talk about best writers. Let's just go to let's just use let's say best vocalists, male and female. Um. So to just just make it easier on ourselves. So I think okay. if we try to do it off, it's it's just gonna be really difficult. Well, for I us. think I yeah, no, I I totally agree. Siobhan because R&B is so broad you have to have it's, nuance it's, yeah you have to make a lot of distinctions the, the presentation they want to do it by decade vocal. because it's just too because like it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's totally ridiculous I mean you have to be we have our discussion has to be rigorous so yeah so let's let's talk about that if, it, if I'm talking about writers I have to say Babyface I would also have to say Prince who wrote virtually all of his music Right. I mean, he just he did it all. Right. Everything. Mm -hmm. um, Prince, Babyface. I'm trying to think of. I mean, do we throw Michael Jackson in there? He wrote his songs, too. Right. He wrote some of his songs. He also had uh, was it Rod Templeton. I think also wrote some of his songs. Yeah. 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 Um, Prince and Prince and Babyface are two great writers. Song. What about Smokey? Smokey Robinson. Smokey. Okay. Yeah. What about um Rick James? Rick James. Yeah, yeah. That duet he did with Tina uh Tina Marie. 
was dope. Was Lionel Richie? Did he write his I stuff? Think he, wrote too. he did write. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Is it me? You're looking for. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. Top me, three, y'all. Let's go with top three. I don't know. We didn't even get into performers. No, we haven't even talked about Because some people are more performers than vocalists. Like I, I wouldn't put Janet as a vocalist, but she could perform her. She's one of the best performers ever. Same with same with Beyonce, right? Beyonce. Well, I, would not, go, I think Beyonce is a vocalist though. Oh, you Beyonce's think Beyonce range, has grown. Beyonce has an insane range. Like you probably yeah, haven't listened to enough Beyonce she, to know, but Beyonce oh. has an insane range. She can go all the way high. She can go all the way low. Yeah, she, I don't think Beyonce started like that though. I think she was more of a performer. I, don't, I disagree. She, her career as a band. Beyonce, because really? I listened to Beyonce ever since she was out. Beyonce actually always had a voice. That's one of the fact that when they came out as Destiny's Child, the one of the key things that they made sure everybody knew was that they could sing and that they could do harmonies like insane harmonies and that their range was pretty good. I will say she didn't always have the best control over her voice. She was do, definitely doing way too many runs and yodeling all over the fucking place. So she definitely improved as a vocalist, but. Um, she always had range. That was always the case. I would never say she couldn't sing. Mm-hmm. Now, did she have crazy runs and yodel and shit? Yes, she was definitely out of control. Well, then if for if yeah. it's that, maybe that's my critique on her. Like in the beginning, she wasn't she wasn't for my tone for my ear. She that her her what she would do with her voice wasn't friendly to my ear. So I never consider her to be a great singer. If that's if that's the critique of saying she wasn't kind to the ear <laughs> like in towards toward towards the maturation of her career and her and to match her performance her vocals came up to me yeah and i'm saying yeah. that she couldn't sing because she we can i think we can all sit here and say no nah, i ain't gonna say it i was gonna say that jennifer y'all y'all would too would agree that said jennifer lopez just can't sing and i would have to beg the difference yeah. but the you point think is jennifer i think lopez jennifer too has gotten better yeah, Jennifer definitely. Lopez. Yes, J Lo. You think Jennifer? Wait, hold on. This no, I'm sorry. Yes, Jennifer Lopez. You, there's can no sing. way on earth you can listen to Jennifer Lopez and think she can sing, and then try to no. Tim what? know why I think Jennifer. How? Lopez How? You are definitely on an island by yourself. I would have to. Are you joking Tim, right now, Jason? No, I'm not. You right. can't say that she can't sing. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Can't, can't say that she I cannot can absolutely sing. say she can't sing are you joking right now no, if it wasn't for the fact that they created mics with auto-tune in them she would be completely off pitch are you joking right now i would i love the fact that your passion is coming out when we're talking about jennifer lopez because i just can't I believe fathom on any planet where someone would literally sit up here and say that oh, jennifer lopez it. can sing more, what are you talking more about? than me more than I, I'm not the only one who thinks that she can. You want people who have no ear. What are you talking about? Oh, my ear is classically. Nah, I can't go like that. Huh, <laughs> my well, no I, classically I, I, trained my, ear would say Jennifer Lopez can sing. She's off key. She's my, usually I, off I, pitch. I, if it wasn't for the fact they invented these new mics to help her, she would not be able to even carry the tune. Are you joking? Listen, I'm, no, I'm not joking, and this is not a debate. But it is. It is like and my ear is not horrible i've 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 grown up around music like you guys did but i don't think i don't think and i'm and i might be a little bit biased to the fact that um she's pretty i am i 
No, no, I know her vocal. I know, actually, know her vocal coach. Like her vocal coach went to my school, and he is a classically he is a classically trained um, vocal coach. He didn't just he didn't just. Come you think out of the man who so gets paid by JLo is going to run around saying she can't sing? Well, I think he I think he does a good job in helping her and has helped her over her career to do the things that he has learned how to do and then has taught her to do. That's all I got to say about it. I just think she's improved. She's not the best. I don't think it's an on and off switch when it comes to she can sing and she can't. Is she the best singer? No. Is she the worst singer? Yes. Oh, that's all it is. It's no on or off can or can't. She can sing. Her she and Sierra can are two of the worst singers I've ever heard in my life. I don't even listen to so well, much. But if, I just, I if we can depart, I, I will. I will say this. I think Jennifer I'm Lopez. Sorry. I think Jennifer Lopez's success as an entertainer is much more attributable to her looks than her singing ability. I'm just. I, 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 I give I Jennifer would, Lopez would, the credit for having yeah. very minimal talent, but all the determination. And I always use her as my inspiration to say that. You should never let lack of talent stop you from your dreams. Whoa. That's if that's not a backhanded <laughs> like Vita, your your wit. She's your inspiration. Your wit, your charm, and your intellect and your biting sarcasm is on <laughs> display right Full now. display. I love <laughs> All right, yo, listen, listen, even listen, listen. It's not the first time she's hated on Jennifer. I just can't believe he said she can it's sing, but it's fine. You know what? I won't, I won't go in on Jen- J-Lo because this isn't about her. But um, so- I do think <laughs> that there are great vocalists that uh, the people that aren't the greatest vocalists that can still be good entertainers. So I, 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 I don't want to completely crap on people who aren't the greatest vocalists. Like I said, I don't think uh, Janet Jackson's the great vocalist. But she's a great performer, and I think I don't think Sierra is a great vocalist, but she's a great performer. Um, I think there are some people that are just talented performers, and there's some people who are mediocre, you know. Um, but they're okay. But they get they get the job done. They can entertain you. They can make you feel. I don't think Billie Holiday was the greatest vocalist in the world, but she make you bring you to tears when she sang. I listen to Good Morning Heartache, and I can cry, cry, cry every time I hear it. That's you know. That song will make you cry. So I got, I got two. You know, Ella Fitzgerald, but hey, let's ask the question as opposed to who can't sing. Give us a top three to five who can actually vocally well, sing. Can we? Of, can can I just the last can I just drop two years. more? Can I just drop another writer on y'all? Quincy Jones. Yes, we Quincy Jones. Stop there, like that dude. Stevie Wonder. He's that Stevie dude. Wonder writes a lot of his songs, don't he? I believe so. Yeah. So anyhow, I think so. just wanted to mention those two names. Absolutely. To get to uh, Jason's question, the reason why I was saying people who maybe weren't the greatest vocalists, but also with, with great performers, because I also feel like sometimes, even though R&B is very much focused on vocals, I do think there are people who might not be the greatest vocalists, but they are, they make you feel their songs. You feel their music. You feel them in your heart. And I think those people, um, count too and they matter too in the in, in music that's what I was trying to get to but to answer questions people who I think can sing one of my favorite singers is Tamia I love Tamia yeah. I don't know what 
I can't even explain to you what song I heard. Speci- no, I know what it was. You put a move on my heart. Quincy Jones produced that actually. It was a mm-hmm. cover of another girl who sang it. But um, to me, his version is the one that hit me in the soul. Like she hits every note. I heard her sing it live, and she is a phenomenal singer who I think is so underrated. Um, from the '90s, I think the '90s had a really good crop of really good singing. You know, and maybe not even just some really good R&B. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say Anita Baker. I think fits in that category. She's another one oh. of Jason's homies. Anita Baker as, as a, oh Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> as a vocalist, say, uh, a singer. Uh, People tease me till this day because when I was a teenager, apparently I wasn't an Anita Baker fan. I trust. I I fixed. I bef- I knew Jason was gonna make a face. I got it together, Jason. I grew up. I matured. And I, cause I used to think she sounded like she was yawning all the time, and I didn't like that sound as a child. I was a child. <laughs> she sounded like she was yawning to me. But as I got older, I get I began to appreciate her vocalization and her singing. I was like, oh, I get it now. I didn't always like Prince either. I, I had to grow. I didn't. I didn't. So I didn't appreciate it. I got older. And I began to understand. Sometimes your ear just has to mature, Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. It's like taste buds. I get it. Here's yeah. a here's a great one. What do you and, guys? And some I get, some of our can some I, of can our can I throw this one in? Some of our more, Jason saying Jason J- Jason sorry. wanted to get throw another no, one in. Let me throw this one in. Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, this this person is not as I think he's a great vocalist, but he's not as prolific as an Anita Baker or a Prince. Because he sang in a group and then he kind of bridged off. But if I say this name, I think both of you guys will, this person will resonate. He's not a Luther, but it's like he could have been a Luther, but it, Luther's Luther. Here's the name Johnny Gill. Mm, like, yes. It's not mm, honorable, mm, at least honorable mention, yeah, because when yeah, Johnny yeah. touched the mic, yeah. Yo, we was all waiting for him to yeah, for his yeah. solo. Every time he was, everyone was once he got to New Edition, we was just waiting for Johnny. Yeah. We was just waiting for my my my. We was just and he was just <laughs> he was doing the oh I got that. He had the runs. Johnny Gill is a, is a straight honorable mention as a as a singer vocal. I'm glad you brought that up because there was a song I wanted to bring up earlier, and that was "Can You Stand the Rain." Oh, mm. dude. That mm. is one of group? the best written songs. I think yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis wrote that. Uh, you want to talk about two of some of the greatest producers, also throughout of Minneapolis, also worked with Prince. Yep. Um, listen, Can You Stand the Rain mm. is such yeah, a, a powerful classic. song because it's so beautiful. It's beautifully written. It's real. Like, mm-hmm. and Johnny Gill sang the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought that was one of the they best. Had the- and you talk about great production. We don't. We got to talk about that too, just real quick in R and B. Yeah, they even had the rain in the joint. You heard the rain in the background. <laughs> you get it? They wasn't dropping rain. Yeah. And then the fact that they were able like to really combine their voices the way that they did. The fact that they were able to get Ralph's softer voice, that thinner mm. sound, and then put in that strong Johnny voice to really kind of yeah. position. Yeah. It was just. It was like very emotional. I loved it. I thought it was just one of the best produced, best written songs. They really give you that balance of emotion. It, it was great. I, that's art. That's art right there. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out to them. That's and those are the only producers to have a hit, a, a number one hit in every decade, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, every wow. decade they have a number one hit. 
I've always been a fan of uh, I've been a fan of Eric Benet. I like his voice. I like his song. You mentioned him earlier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely an Eric Benet fan. I like Sade. Sade. Uh, Sade has good music, yeah. especially the classic. Is it a crime? Oh, man. oh, don't what that a, is my song. What that a, is my song. And she said, "My love is taller than the Empire State. My love is wider than Victor Lake." Man, what? The poetry. It's just oh, yeah. I love Sade. I got Maxwell is my other one. Maxwell. Oh, by the way, I just want oh, to put this oh, out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill is probably one of the best albums ever made. Right? Mm-hmm. If you call it RB, no whether you call it hip hop, whether you call it no neo cap. soul, that and D'Angelo's Brown Sugar are, are right there, like one and one A at the top of the heat. Man, some good music. Uh, yeah. I gotta give it I, shifted I the give culture. Some, those those albums definitely shifted the culture. Oh, definitely for the culture. I gotta give some love to my Philly homie, music soul child. Uh, I like his music. He has some nice love balance. Absolutely. Yeah. Another great writer though. Add him to the writers list. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Music gotta soul. add him to the to the dope writers list. Him uh, and Jill Scott writers list. Jill Scott writers absolutely. list. Him, Y'all Jill know how I love me some Jilly from Philly. Jilly, that's right. Jill Scott. How about Brian McKnight? Y'all down with Brian McKnight? Another great writer. Yes. And Erica Badu. Another great writer. Erica Not Badu. the strongest vocalist, but a great writer. Um, right. I think On and On is a great song. Next Lifetime is a great song. I mean, that right. whole album, uh, I think it's Baduism. One of the best albums. I think still a classic. She that's- has so many great songs on that album. Yes. The, and that, that her album, her album is associated with like Erica Badu, Jill Scott, the Neo Soul Sound, D'Angelo, Lauren Hill. It's all part of what I like to call the Love Jones era in black cinema. 1997, mm-hmm. 1998, mm-hmm. Best Man, 1999, the spoken word vibe, the, the poetry, the movie, the, the whole culture. Yeah, don't don't forget about India Irie. We talked oh, about last writer, India. another India great writer. Man, listen the beat, the beat to "I Am Not My Hair," and then the other one she uh, sings, "There's Hope." Th- I was just about to say that is my jam. Yo, that is my jam. I that is. Uh, yeah, that song is dope. Whenever I'm sad and I'm going through something heavy and my heart is feeling heavy and I play that song, because just the beat, doom, 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 doom. It just, it gets you, it puts me in a better mood. Because the whole song is, there's hope. It don't cost a thing to smile. You know, like, you, you don't have to pay to laugh. It's just like, it is real, right? Like, because uh, usually when I'm sad, it's because I got up, it's bills. So, <laughs> so it's because I'm broke. So <laughs> it definitely hits me, you know. Um, he says in, in the back country of Brazil, there was a young brother who made me feel. Made me feel. Could accomplish, could anything, accomplish anything. He wanted to sing. He wanted to sing. He had no windows. No windows. No he had door. no doors. He lived a simple life and was extremely poor. Extremely poor. poor. Oh. Top of all of that, he had no eyesight. But that, but did, that didn't keep him 
from seeing from the seeing the light. <laughs> I listened to that song, and I never now for the, from from that song. Wait, I, we we didn't get to the other part, man. Yeah, he asked, what's it like in the USA? And he's and all I did was complain. He said, "Well, living here is paradise." <laughs> like it was just like, wait, yeah, this yeah. guy who's homeless can't right. see. And he said, "Well, I'm I'm in paradise. I don't, I'm sorry you live in the USA and you complaining. I'm I'm out here homeless and blind, but I live in paradise. Like what?" And then the follow up was, "I guess paradise is all in your mind because your mind, old. yeah, yeah, yeah." When y'all, when I listen to that song, I think of the difference between eyesight and vision. Right? Just because you can't see something physically, don't mean you don't have vision. You know, and and that's a powerful song. So I'm a big fan of India Ivory, and I love, I like I am not my hair. I just think that that song, the message of that song, is so uh, is so powerful for uh, for black women right. in particular. I, I'm a big fan of that. Well, I like the remix with uh, Akon, and I don't even like Akon, not even a little bit, but uh, I like no. that remix. Because he talks about his experience as a black man and how when he had braids with, you know, how he couldn't, how, what his experience was like with the police. The police wouldn't stop messing with him. When he had locks, mm. the, how he couldn't get a job and how he success didn't come till he cut off all his hair. Yeah. Like it was his, even his was really powerful. I thought it was great. So, yeah. yes. So this is the thing about what I love about R&B too, is the flex or all black music really is just it's the flexibility of the stories, right? Because it's not just love ballads. It's not, you know, it's not this singular thing. It's definitely all of our experiences, right? Like even Erica Badu's "Other Side of the Game" is one of my favorite songs because mm. it's 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 about love, but not really. It's really about what's it like being the partner of someone who's out in the street selling drugs. It's the story of the woman who's experiencing this, right? It's like. This is what I have to deal with. This is, you know, I care about him and I want him to be safe. I love him. I want him to, I, I, but we, what do we do? He need, we need to feed our family. You know, yeah. he's doing this for us. Yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's, it's these, these stories. It's, it's, I love it. Oh my God. Like you're making this, this conversation, making me so happy, but yes, yes. Music is so powerful. It's so meaningful. Um, when I think about like I know we've been talking about artists like individual artists but I think about bands too right one of my uh, favorite bands is Mint Condition I think they're very underrated I think because we know the big songs uh, right we know what kind of man could I be or pretty brown eyes but we forget they have other songs so many other songs like I'm Ready and or Caught My Eye or and that, that's the band that Babyface came from right the Mint Condition I think that was his no he didn't come from there he might have produced them. No, he wasn't. He had nothing. There was another. Group. What about Tony? 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 Was that a band? Was that considered a? No, they band were a, a group. R and B group. They weren't a band. They, I think. Yeah. yeah. Was that was with um, Raphael Sadiq. Right. Right. There was some R and B group that Babyface was. Oh, After Seven. That's what it was. It wasn't Mint Condition. I thought that was, was his brother or something, or his After cousin seven. or something. Yeah, he had he had brothers. Here you go. Here's somebody who borders hip hop and R&B. I call him the ghetto Luther. His voice is butter. I love his music. And that's Jaheim. I do love Jaheim. I, I wouldn't I'm, put him in the category of Luther, but definitely love no, Jaheim. 
I said a ghetto. <laughs> I'm just messing oh, with you. Man, yeah, oh. yeah. I think we glossed. I think we glossed over Maxwell. I agree. Like we just, we, Thank like, you, Jason. You, we did. Either you mentioned I, him. No, I feel you. And it's just yeah. like, yo, Maxwell for the culture. Come yeah. on, like Maxwell. that dude was. He killed the. He killed the late mid to late nineties. Yeah. Like going into going into early two thousands, yes. that dude was everything. And when lie. he left, we were all looking and hoping, mm. when is he coming back? <sighs> because we need him. Yeah. Listen, I seen him live multiple times, and he sounds like the album. Like he can really sing and really perform. And he's a he's great performer with his bands, and he he engages with the audience. Like he was one of my favorite. He is the music. He is he, it, when he gets on. I went to when I went to one of his concerts too. I was thinking when he came back. What was it? Summer Moon and Summer's Time, Nighttime, Black something. Summer he came night up with and Black Moon. Yo, <laughs> when he came back, everybody. It was just like, where was he? And he came back out of the blue when he came back and dropped those double EPs, and we were just like, this yeah, dude, well, don't never leave us again. And you know what? He's, that, that tour was he's amazing. so much to go. I didn't say nothing because I thought that was kind of like implied. <laughs> it would be like if we hadn't yeah. mentioned Prince to this point, I don't think anybody would really be salty because you just sort of say, well, Prince is, you know, he is what he is. But I I like uh, I like Maxwell. I like D'Angelo. Uh, I yeah, put you them- said D'Angelo. Yeah, I kind of put them in the category with my man, uh, music soul child. Uh, that neo soul style, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That, that, that was kind of like that neo soul era yep. when they were, you know, uh, you know. And I remember when that sort of term had came back out. It yeah. came out, and I think it was like really Erica Badu, Jill Scott, D'Angelo. Yep. Exactly. What I understand it was D'Angelo and Erica Badu in particular, and then it kind of spread out. Oh. <clears throat> I think it's a, I think a particular record exec or somebody came up with that term to describe D'Angelo and Erica Badu yeah. and then um, listen, and then they yeah. used it to cover other people oh and um, Floetry you know um, they actually went to Philly I think they went from the UK to Philly specifically to oh, work yeah. with uh, to get that sort of Philly soul sound yep. um, now and then also I'm sorry go ahead I was going to say don't forget about Joe Joe was also around the night time, the nineties, the mid nineties. Um, yeah. Joe had a little run. We forget about Joe. Now here, here's a couple names for some of the seasoned listeners. Y'all might not, y'all may have heard of these: Angela Bofield and Phoebe Snow. I've Ooh. heard of Angela Bofield. Yeah, Phoebe Snow was a classically trained opera singer who sang R and B. And if you ever get a chance, listen, look her music up and listen to her. Phoebe What's her Snow, biggest song? Uh, she had, oh gosh, my goodness. She had so many. She's more 70s. Uh, she's 70s R&B. She had a song called Love Makes a Woman. She has another song. I'll tell you right now. She has another song that was a classic um poetry man uh, never letting go don't let me down a do right woman do right man that's a cover of a old like so i think that's actually maybe a country song um uh, but poetry oh that's not um aretha franklin uh oh that's right it is it is aretha franklin good very good vita thank you it is Aretha Franklin. And then, of course, Angela Bofield sings the song 
called uh, this is what every man wishes his his woman would say to him uh, the song is called next time and the lyrics are darling can't you see what losing you has done to me I'm not the same girl I used to be have a change of heart don't leave me standing in the dark don't let confusion keep us apart come back to me and I promise I'll be everything that's bright and true your whole life through this time I'll be sweeter our love will run deeper I won't mess around I won't let you down have faith in me have faith in me <laughs> Angela sure. Bofield is unbelievable on that song so yeah Angela Bofield Phoebe Snow uh, again some of our older listeners would might appreciate them they're more 70s mid to late 70s style R&B oh by the way before Erica Badu talked about calling Tyrone that is a late 90s iteration of a similar experience with a black woman that takes place in a song called Go Away Little Boy by Marlena Shaw Marlena (laughs) Shaw sort of it's not even I mean it's a song but it's so beautiful because she isn't really singing. She's talking over this melody and she's talking to this guy who moved in with her and he said he was going to start a hair salon and he ordered all these mirrors and Afro sheen and his business never got off the ground and this dude is basically living off of her and she's getting up and going to work every day and he's not pulling his weight and she talks through most of the song. Then toward the end, she starts to sing. And, you know, she says, go away, little boy. Why don't you just wait, little boy? I am not supposed to sit up here alone in the dark with some mirrors and no money and no you. Oh, man. So she basically, you know, we, we, we're familiar with Erica Badu. I love it when Tim's You know, and... <laughs> Erica Badu saying you better call Tyrone, right? But you can't use my phone, all of that. So it's funny how across generations you have the same message transmitted through uh, a similar but distinct meeting. Um, it's kind of different, but made, made me think of this. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of like like catchy songs or like um, not catchy songs, but concepts that were kind of new that songwriters make you think different um who you guys don't want to remember because you guys are pretty young but johnny taylor's who's making love oh who's making love to your old lady while you were out making love you know that song okay so that was like a new concept right this idea that your woman is making love while you out cheating your woman out cheating too um Mm -hmm. so what's interesting is i was watching a music documentary and the woman who wrote that line or wrote that part, Betty Crutcher, she was talking about it and she was saying how all these men were mad at her because she had wrote that line because I had never thought about that. And then when I was thinking, you talking about it made me think about that. That I was also thinking about these women songwriters um, who black people don't know about, or they might know, they just or they just don't remember. And I was thinking about Valerie Simpson. She yes. Ashford and Simpson. Yes. She wrote so many songs, and so I was 
then I started thinking, well, let's like right, let me pull up some of her songs. Yep. She wrote Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Wow. Mm. She wrote uh California Soul. She wrote um let's see what are some other she has so many songs here. I'm trying to think of the big ones so I can skip through some of these this list. Uh Solid with Ashford and Simpson, of course. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Surrender by Diana Ross. She wrote um, Your Precious Love. Uh, I mean, pretty much everything she sang with Ashford and Simpson. Uh, she wrote songs. I didn't even know this, but she wrote songs for Corinne Bailey Ray. Uh, like, Do You Ever Think of Me? I mean, she has so many like classics. Um, but I didn't, ain't nothing but a maybe. Ain't nothing like the real thing. Ain't nothing like the real thing. All these songs. So she's just like phenomenal. Um, but yeah, so this made me think of like, wow, this woman has done everything. Um, she's she's also composed a lot of songs. Um, and a lot of songs are hits, or they've sampled her songs, such as uh um Amy Winehouse, Method Man, uh Jada Kiss. I mean, she's in everything. So she's she's also very well paid. So <laughs> I just wanted to put her out there. Um, I just think about like, man, these artists are I mean, so many classics and just classic people that we don't even think about um, that are just phenomenal. Um, yeah, I was so many, but we didn't think about like, uh, so who are some of the best groups? Best groups. Best groups. And who are some of the people we often don't think about? Yeah. Or do we don't, we don't hear talk about, talked about that often. Well, you're a little low, Jason. Yeah. Best groups. Best groups. New edition. Yeah. New edition. Absolutely. New edition. Let's take it back. What Rolls Royce? Rolls Royce. The Jackson Five. Come on. Uh, the Jackson Five is a given. That's like Prince. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But we got to mention it, so yeah. it won't be like. But right. I want to. I don't want to. We're not going to gloss over Rolls Royce. We're not going to gloss over Rolls Royce. No. Ooh, Rose Royce has so classics. Never, ever, ever gonna let you go. That's from Car Wash. Wishing on a Star. Wishing on um, a Star. Car Wash. Yeah. Um, what's the one that every, I'm going down? I'm going um, oh, yes. Cool in the Gang. I want to get next to you. Oh, uh, Cool in the Gang. Cool in the Gang. Get down on it. That's a classic. Get down. Celebration. On- Celebration. Yep. I hate that song. I, mean, I love it's I have a love hate relationship with that song. So I love it, but it was also one of those songs they played way too much in my church. Mm. <laughs> I used to play that at church. <laughs> every <laughs> event. Oh my God. I think because the pastor liked it. So every event they would play that song. Um, <laughs> um who are some other great groups? Oh. TLC in Vogue. In Vogue is in one of my Vogue. favorite groups. Boys to Men, the Asley Brothers. <laughs> Would the Isley Brothers count oh, as a wait band? A minute, wait a minute. Didn't they play instruments too? Okay, they did play instruments. Yeah. Uh, let me see. The Tim Vita, did you pause when someone said when Tim said Vo- boys, boys to men? men? How well, your face? Oh, you caught that? You okay with? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna. Ha- Yo, Vita, be, I think Vita be hating if she got this yeah, low key yeah, hater in, got- hateration in her spirit. I mean, especially. <laughs> How, especially- like 
like icons and people who are mainstream she like yo she low-key gotta like she got a vendetta against them i believe that i believe no, that don't it's, it's explain not that they're mainstream but it was so funny that you caught that because i literally stopped myself because i was like jason gonna get me so i stopped myself <laughs> i got you, you go. i got you but, um, I, wait 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 oh, wait, okay. wait let her finish why you hate no why you hate no boys i don't to hate men? no boys to men i like boys to men i just think they have way too many uh-huh. slow songs like they have one good fast song and that's motown philly yeah right. it's the theme song and then after we that, here? that's why we but here. then after that it's like everything is slow everything everything is a ballad and i'm just like come on man like it's just too boring after a while they get a little boring for me but that doesn't take away from their talent. They're vocally very talented. They have hits. I get it. But they're just they they put me to sleep. Okay. Um here's here's a band for you. My, my. I do not like that song. Here's a band for you. The Gap Band. I love the movie. Who? The Gap Band. The Gap Band. Okay, I love the Gap Band, but they're a band, so Okay, so that's we, not a group. Oops. Okay. BBD. We can't talk about new edition, not talk about BBD. Belle Biv DeVoe. BBD. Okay. Yeah. Guy. Poison. Teddy Riley and Poison. Guy. They were awesome. Oh, stay right Guy. there. BD. What do you think? Who, me? Yeah. Guy. I love Guy. Yes. Yeah. Guy. Okay. You know, I didn't hear no words, but okay. Guy helped yeah. to shape my young, not in a good way always. Here's some, <laughs> here's some old Black Street. Shape. Black Street. We can't bring up Guy and Teddy Riley without bringing up Black Street. Yes. Black Street. Here you go. The Whispers. They're they're good. The whispers. Yeah. Okay, wait. Do they stay? Wait. They, they sing rock steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got a story. So, okay. I have. <laughs> so. This ain't about some dude who stood up and decided he wasn't going to speak to you no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, this is going to be Vita sharing a lot. This is a little. This is not a lot, but this is a little information extra that I usually share. So I, when I was in college, um, I was still, I'll say, um, untouched. And, <laughs> and I was dating a guy and he was making it very, he was trying oh so subtly to let me know he wanted to change that. <laughs> <laughs> and he made me this uh, CD with a bunch of songs on it and it was a lot of different songs on it and then I remember that for some reason that song stood out to me and um, I actually should pull up the songs to that the lyrics to that and it was li- it was in listening to that particular song for some reason um, when I realized that there was a theme to uh what he was trying to tell me i was like okay so this guy this isn't an innocent little um album he's trying to tell me he want to rock steady he's trying to get busy and so he's so every song i realized was about sex but it was like subtle so it's like because he knows i i'm a good christian girl at this time still you know so He's just like every song's like, wait a minute. And we began to rock steady, steady rocking all night long. 
uh he's because he's like i started to give up but love wouldn't let it <laughs> you know just all these things and i'm just like oh wait he's he's sweet so everybody i realized every i can't remember all the other songs for some reason that song i remember but every song was basically this message of don't you get it? i'm trying to get in them pants like <laughs> I started to give up, but love didn't let it. AKA, I'm getting blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, just so whenever I hear that song, I think of him and I think about that album and I mean that mixtape, he, little uh, mix CD he made me, and I just think about him. I think about that all the time. I crack up. Wow. Yeah. But the whispers, yes. The, whispers. the temptations, you have to say the temptations. You have to say the temptations. You, you, you have to say. You did mention night in the pips. Yeah, I have to say that. But although I, I still kind of consider her solo because they were just kind of background. I mean, you think about Gladys. Okay. Um, but I will. But I will say, um, you can bring up the barge again because I I think we didn't really give them a because they wrote their songs together. They did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Including the sister, and I always think about that because I can't I remember what I was watching. I think it was like their unsung or one of their documentaries, and I was like, that song. Um, I like it. Yeah, and I was like, it sounds like a girl wrote this. Whenever I listen to it, it always to me it just sounds like, especially, especially that part where it goes, "I like the way you comb your hair, and I like those stylish clothes you wear." But even though you mostly hear the guys singing it, right? In my head, I kept saying, "This sounds like I'm a girl." It just sounds so feminine to me. Right. And then I was watching the documentary. It turns out that is the part that Bunny wrote. Bunny DeBarge yeah. wrote. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. But they basically wrote their songs together. As a family, here you go. TLC. I said TLC. Oh, you said TLC. Uh, Destiny, said, Destiny's Child. Are we giving Beyonce? I love Destiny's Child. I love Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child is my childhood. Like it's my teen years. Okay. So they came out when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. So Destiny's Child is like my teenhood. You know what I mean? So I was experiencing a lot of. Like I feel like they made songs for the teen girls at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like the target demo. Excuse me, here you go. But TLC. Let's not gloss over TLC too and their impact because again, not the greatest vocalist, but I think what they were really selling was a lot of like the girl power sort of thing. And yep. also they were talking about things at a time when a lot of people weren't talking about. Like safe sex was not a song. Like what there was no girl groups talking about use condoms until then. Like Right. Left Eye had a whole condom on her eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They had uh, waterfalls in the video. They're talking about safe sex and what happens when you don't practice safe sex. So I have to say, we have to give TLC their credit. Like, I think they really did some really good stuff. Yeah. And SWV, uh, musically. Yeah. SWV, yeah. And Jodeci. S Devil. Jodeci. Jodeci. Drew Hill. Drew Hill. Yeah. Yep. Joe C. Yeah. Drew Hill. Yeah, man. That's good music right there. Let me see here. Seven oh two. That was my other group. Can't forget seven oh two. Yep. Seven oh two. Stilo. Where my girls at? Where my girls at? From the front to back. What is your feeling at? We'll put one hand up. Can you repeat that? Trying to take my man. Oh yeah. Sorry. That was my show. You go. <laughs> Let's changing faces people forget about them changing faces i could do bad all by myself y'all remember no more sitting at home alone yeah. while you all with somebody else yeah y'all remember color me bad Ooh. 
the, the white guys yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. We the salty, yo. was like, Vita was like, she was grooving or something, and then she was like, "Wait a minute, um, them white guy." Yeah. Listen, I, I y'all got so cold. The listeners don't know, can't don't catch it. Y'all go just catch your tone. Your tone be telling them they don't have to know nothing. You <laughs> I mean? It's like a record scratch, huh? You mean the white guys? <laughs> really? Guys? Am I that transparent? Oh, we <laughs> okay, well, let's let's get into some blue eyed soul. Tina Marie. We didn't talk about her, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We gotta give her her, uh, her flowers. Tina Marie. How, about, how about Robin Thicke? No, I don't like him. You, you didn't like him? No, 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 no. no. We're, not, we're not doing that to Robin mm-hmm. Thicke. He goes on that list as, as somebody Tamita. notable. Thumbs down. Really? Mm-hmm. Adele. She's not R and B. Yes, no, she she's is. Not. What is she? Pop? White pop. White. Is she British pop? pop? Here goes. No. Here I would go. give. I would give it to Amy Winehouse before I would R&B. give it to Adele. Nah. And Amy Winehouse me, is, is basically Motown covers, but singing different lyrics. Here you go. <laughs> Adele, you remember this group? Rough ends. I like rough ends. Yes. I do remember reference. I like this song, Someone sing? to Love You. Yeah, I like that. They had a nice song. Oh, Tony Braxton. The, uh, she's more solo, I guess. Yeah, but we forgot to mention her. We have to definitely her, mention her. Her first album was just unbelievable. And she had a couple other. Yes. Yeah, her first album, Breathe Again. Oh, man. And that was from the Boomerang soundtrack. I think. No, the other song is Boomerang soundtrack. Oh, um, okay. Love should have brought you home. Hey. Love should have brought your ass home. That's right. Love would have brought you home last night. Hey, that was Murphy, Halle Berry's line. Murphy was up there like she was like Halle Berry was like, "Did you sleep with her?" He was like, "Look, girl, I just seen her. Toes. A lot of emotions I ain't even know was there still came out." I was like, "Dude, you about to get slapped? Just admit what you done done." <laughs> Uh, let's see. How y'all gonna leave out Monica? Monica? I like Monica. Yes. Yes. I love Monica. But I was gonna say, Tony Braxton's album, the first album, was one of those albums that I was was in like fourth grade. Mm -hmm. One of those albums that I definitely felt in my soul before I even experienced anything in life. Yeah. I love Tony Braxton. I love her album. That album was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And did we say Xscape? We said Xscape, didn't we? No, we didn't, but we I was going to, so I'm glad you brought them up. I mean, Just kick it. And kick let me tell you why we shoes and relax we, your feet. Party on down to the party on down. Y'all know why we tripping. Because we didn't we didn't mention in vogue. I mentioned in vogue. Oh, no, no, Vita, Vita said in vogue at the very beginning. I said TLC and in vogue together. Y'all don't you listen. Know, you, know what you don't listen to black women. That's the problem here. It's the fact that we spent time on TLC and we didn't spend any time on In Vogue. And In Vogue was a movie. I brought up In Vogue early. Very early. I brought up TLC and Vogue at the same time. And y'all didn't listen to either one. But it's fine. I love In Vogue. I was a big In Vogue fan. Um, I feel like... like, I feel however... What's that one song, Hold On To Your Love, when they opened up with um, Mm -hmm. the Michael Jackson, the Jackson 5 opening? And they did that. Uh, who's Who's loving you? I think that's the, what they yeah, opened up with. He did the remake of Aretha Franklin giving him something he can feel. Oh, listen, yeah. listen. First of all, that remake was dope. I, 
I I, know, I first heard that song in the movie Sparkle. Yeah. And which is a great movie, by the way. It is highly good. recommended. Rest in peace, Irene Cara. Yeah. And then I heard the cover. I heard the cover uh, in Vogue. In Vogue cover. Because they in the video they do the Sparkle version. Yeah. Because they they even do the dance and everything. And listen giving him something he can feel is one of those jams yeah. that I just can't explain. That's a, it's just so well performed. It's so well written. Yeah. And so I honestly, I won't even no shade to the queen Aretha Franklin, but I actually like the in vogue version better than I like the Aretha version. Well, I'm going to tell you an Aretha version that can't nobody touch. And that is Dr. Feel good. Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Boy. Let me ask you a question. Are there remakes that are better than the original in R&B? And are there, are there originals that are still better than the remakes than the in R&B? Yeah. So respect. Original or remake? I think original for respect. That's Otis Redding. Otis Redding is the original. Oh. Yes. Aretha Franklin did a remake. Uh, didn't know that. Mm. Mm-hmm. That might, yeah, I had to think about that one. Man. Yep. Well, whatever song, I know, so amazing. Uh, the remake is definitely, L- the Luther remake is way better than the original. Same with okay. uh, Superstar, <laughs> A House Is Not A Home. Man, so many of Luther's songs were remakes, and because it was him singing, they tend to be better, I think, than the original. <sighs> Man, let me see. Okay. Go ahead. Great. I heard it through the grapevine. Gladys Knight or Marvin Gaye? Ooh. Gladys Knight. You, you like Gladys Knight's better? Or Marvin Gaye's yeah. better? Like, that might be the only one I remember. I like I like Marvin Gaye's. You don't remember Marvin Gaye's version? Some movies, but I don't remember like I listening to it. Like Marvin Gaye, right. Marvin Gaye's one. That's Marvin Gaye. Yeah, Gladys Knight is. I like it that. The grapevine. I heard it. How much longer would you be mine? Oh, then I like Marvin okay. Gaye. Yeah, Marvin Gaye. <clears throat> was I think better they used Marvin Gaye's on the Welch's grape commercial when the grapes were dancing it was a commercial for Welch's grape. the raisins oh, it was the raisins California raisins California raisins there yeah. you go mm-hmm. I see you Kat. so but Gladys Knights was the original uh-huh. and then the remake was Marvin Gaye so yep. you say Marvin Gaye yeah I say Marvin Gaye okay yeah Marvin Gaye definitely okay um Hmm. What other remakes? A sweet thing. Oh, did, by the way, Mary J. Blige or Shaka um, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. It's not even a question to me. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I used to say Shaka all the time because I am a big Mary. I'm a big Shaka Khan fan. Uh-huh. And I'm a big Mary J. fan. But my brother pointed that out to me. He said he likes Mary J's version better. And I was surprised he said that. He said, well, the thing is, Shaka is a way better singer. So you, you can't touch that. Right. But he said there's something about Mary J's version that's a little more soulful. And I listened to it. And I actually 
kind of understood where he was coming from and i was actually actually kind of like both i'm kind of torn between the two mm. i like mary j's uh sweet thing it's actually very very good yeah i like even it's not it's not as vocally complex and right. she doesn't hit the notes but right. she she got a little a little swag to it that make you go mm, yeah. mary kind of getting it okay yeah I, i'm gonna have to, to i'm gonna have to hear that to 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 appreciate what you're saying but i think i'm gonna go with Shaka Khan on on that. Okay. Uh, I love Shaka Khan's band Rufus, by the way, which is yes. She started out. It was Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, and Shaka then of course Khan. she That's had true. A, she had a great solo career, but her band Rufus was dope. Tell me something good is a classic. Um, Ooh, that's my that's song. Rufus and Shaka. I Khan. love. Yeah, and we also left out a classic. 70s, late 70s, early 80s R&B group from overseas that had a distinctly African American sound. Heatwave, always and forever. Right. Mm. So, which version, Luther or Heatwave? Heat I'm gonna go with Heatwave on that. <laughs> I think, I think, Me and it's, I think it's just because as a kid growing up in Philly, I was so accustomed to hearing Heatwave sing it that always and forever became a heat wave song. And so there's like a built-in bias for me. Like nobody else could sing that song as good as heat wave, just like nobody else could sing you and I as good as Stevie wonder. Like those are like two classic songs, wedding songs. And I know Luther sings it and he sings it well, but it's not as good as heat wave. Um, I um, that's one of those ones I can listen to either, and it's hard for me to choose between the two. Mm-hmm. I've I've never been good at choosing between the two mm-hmm. between those. Um, I had another one, and I lost it already. Um, dang it, I lost it. But yeah, there's, there's a few. There's a few others. I always I think about sometimes. I'm like, whose version do I like better? Because sometimes there are people who I think make excellent um versions that are better than the original and so i think the original you just can't you can't touch it yeah and i hate people try to touch originals like taylor swift should have never remade um september by earth wind and fire oh that's awful yeah 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 nobody can do yeah and that was a real thing well jay do you have do you have any any final items to contribute bro you got anything you want to drop on us here? I, love, I love music music is life music helps us to process it helps us to heal it helps us to dream it touches our hearts it touches our soul without music bro i don't think there's i mean are we really living so just having these discussions helps us bring uh, just uh, the amount of thoughts and stories that come along with songs R&B that has you know touched us throughout our lifetime that continues to do those same things Indeed, conversations like these definitely help us uh, just kind of connect more you know communi- they communicate so much to us in various ways um whether it come, it's coming from the artist or the writer of the song and the music that's played around it. It's 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 just a beautiful thing. Great to be a part yes, of this. Well, discussion. listen, Vita, 
I just can't thank you enough for being here with us to, today and dropping True. your True. usual, insightful, sophisticated understanding of art, culture, and music to this discussion. You really helped us to explore the topic of rhythm and blues music in a way that we would not have been able to do without you. And to those of you who are listening, just consider this as three friends sitting in your living room, chopping it up. And I hope you got a sense for the way that we communicated, connected and built community tonight, because I felt comfortable enough with Vita and Jason to open up and be vulnerable a couple of times. And then Jason opened up and he was vulnerable. And then Vita opened up and she was vulnerable. So we shared a little bit of ourselves through the power of music tonight. And we hope that as you listen to this episode, you all will experience this conversation in a way that maybe helps you open up and bring some memories to you that you can then share with others. This is episode 46 of the Motown Philly podcast, y'all. And we are so grateful for you. Vita, tell us where folks can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram, B-I-D-A-S-T-A-R-R. You can also find me on Twitter, Life Star Media, L-I-F-E-S-T-A-R. Um, also, really quickly, just wanted to say that I forgot to mention the OJs, Bootsy Collins, Sly and the Family Stone, <laughs> um, and all these other people that I love. Just wanted to just say yes, that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. A thousand times, yes. yes. Listen, this show could go on for a long time, and I don't think any of... I think we would always have to finish with a footnote that says we couldn't get them all in. So... Right. Oh, and Curtis Mayfield. Oh, Sorry, right. Actually, I actually Curtis Mayfield <laughs> earlier, right? Oh, you did? Oh, I missed when it. You were Sorry. talking about the protest music. She's not listening to the black man. She ain't were... listening to the black man when he <laughs> That's talks. Right. That's right. Oh, man. So, thank you, Vita. <laughs> Folks, listen. Get in touch with... Uh, with Vita, you want to contact us, and we that's what we're here for. Jason, where can folks find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at the Speakers Mechanic and on LinkedIn, Jason Hall, professional communication skills coach. Yo, check me out. And you all can find me, yours truly, Tim Golden, on Instagram at a good golden man, on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ, and you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden and Walla Walla. I always say this three things in life are certain death taxes, and I guarantee you I'm the only black man in Walla Walla named Tim Golden. Take that check to the bank. It will not bounce. It is good. Believe me. All right, y'all. Listen, we appreciate y'all joining us for episode 46. We'll be back next week with episode 47, and I believe we are going to be talking about gospel music on june 29th this last this last uh, recording for black music month here at the motown philly podcast and get ready because in july we're going to talk about movies and tv buckle up folks thank you all for going along on the ride with us we will be in touch with you all next week until next time 
Please make sure you build communication, connection, community in healthy ways. Love yourselves and love one another. And I do believe with that, we are out of here like Vladimir. Peace. Peace.